Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shur Mandaf Yomi. We are now beginning the second chapter of the study, the study of the second chapter of Masachat Sota uh, on Daf Yudalad Amur Aleph. And the first Mishnah, which is presented here, Hayam Meviat Min Chata B'Toch Kfifa Mitzrit. Uh, this we already saw in the first parak as part of the Midah Kenegin Midah that her Mincha was brought not in a fancy vessel but in a very simple basket. But here it's now the formal description of the Mincha. Her Mincha would be brought in a uh, Egyptian basket. Uh, it's a cheap kind of basket. The Kohen would put it on her hands in order to tire her out. Again, we want to tire her out so that she will admit and uh, stop the ceremony. The rest of the Mishnah is intended to distinguish between Minchat Sota and all of the Menachot. Every other Mincha begins in a Klisharet and ends in a Klisharet. We will see that this is not exactly the case. This one begins in a cheap basket and ends in a clay sharet, in one of the holy vessels. This is again a little inexact. All of the menachot require oil as a part of the mixture and frankincense on top. This has neither. All of the menachot, again there is one exception to this. Come from wheat, and this one comes from the barley. Minchatzotas barley. Minchata Omer. Here's the exception. Even though Minchata Omer of Bishur Bamin Asorin does come from barley, Ba Bageras would come from fine sifted flour. Vzuba Kemach. But this comes with coarse flour that's unsifted. I mean, Gamliel adds a a. a um, Aphoristic note, Since she acted as an animal, therefore her korban is animal food. This we already saw in the first parak in the discussion of Midah, Kenegin Midah. Now the Gemara immediately um, uh, addresses the issue of putting the mincha on her hands. Tanya Abachanin Omer, Mishum Rabbi Eliezer, Kedeli Yaga, why Kedeshe Tachzorba, so she'll change her mind. Now, Imkacha Chasa Toral, Ovrevitzonah, Kabachomral, Ovsevitzonah. The Gemara now gives the reason, based on this Braita, that we're trying to tie her out so that she will change her mind, not to save the Megillah from being erased, as we saw in the first parak, but rather to save her life, so that she'll admit it and she'll go free and she'll be divorced, but she will not die. How do we know it's for that reason? Maybe his reason, maybe the reason of the, of the Tana is because we want to save the Megillah from being erased. The answer is, Later on in the parak we'll see a machloket about the order of the drinking and the mincha. He must have the opinion that she drinks first, which means it's already been erased, and then he brings the mincha. So if he's already brought the mincha, the megillah has already been erased. So we're not going to save anything as far as the megillah goes by uh, by having her um, get tired out, but rather she will uh, stop the ceremony in the middle, and then the water will not work. She says, then that'll be it, and she won't die. All right, now, call on Menachot. We said all of the Menachot come in a klisharit. Uminhu, we have the following b'rita that we're going to then spend some time explicating. Say to Menachot Ketzad, how do we bring a Mincha? Adam mevi Mincha mitoch beito bekalatot shokesav v'zashal zahav. That's going to be the sticking point here. A man brings a Mincha from his house in gold or silver vessels. Now letoch klisharit, he puts it in a klisharit in the mikdash, or mekadshah klisharit, and then he sanctifies it in the klisharit. 
we'll have to play with that line a little bit. He puts the oil on top and the frankincense. And then he brings it to the Kohen. He brings it to the altar. He brings it to the southwest corner. means it's on the side of the Mizbeach, facing the Ulam, not facing the outside. And on the south, meaning right near where the Kevesh goes up. Uh, Shalkaren Vidayo. He just touches it to there and that's enough. We'll see why we have to say it's enough. He then, in the Mincha, pushes the Levona to one side, and takes the area where the oil is most intense and does a Kometz with his three fingers. He puts that Kometz in another Klisharet and sanctifies it there. Then he collects the frankincense that was pushed to the side and puts it on top of that Kometz. And he puts it on the Mizbeach and burns it in the Klisharet. That's inexact, as we'll see. And then he salts it and then puts it on top of the fire. Kareva Kometz, once the Kometz has been offered, Shi'arei Rechalin, the rest of the Mincha is eaten by the Kohanim, or Sha'ina Kohanim, Litena Tochayayin, Veshemen Udvash, they can put wine, they can put oil, they can put honey in it. The only prohibition they have is they cannot make it into Chametz. Now, that's the Brayta. We'll again take the Brayta apart, but in the meantime, we see that you bring it first in gold and silver baskets, uh, baskets, but not in a klisharet. So why did our Mishnah say it starts out in a klisharet? So what it means is that our, or what our Mishnah means is all of the Menachot are brought originally from home in vessels that could become a klisharet or are fit to be a klisharet whereas this one is a, an Egyptian basket, a cheap basket, couldn't be. So that implies that a, this kind of basket is not fit to be a klisharet. Come on, whose opinion does that follow? It doesn't follow if you make a klisharet not out of metal but out of wood, Rebbe Posel, he says it's kosher. So the answer is that even Rabbi Yehuda would agree that Egyptian baskets no good. He would only agree that a nice, fancy wood basket would be good. But Putin Miyamar, he certainly wouldn't say that a cheap basket is okay. Does he not accept the principle explicated by Malachi? Bring this cheap korban to your gen- your governor, will he accept it? Which is what Malachi's cry against the people bringing sickly animals and cheap korbanot to Hashem. And he says, well, if you brought something like that to the governor, would he accept it? So in other words, there's a notion expressed there that you bring something to the Mikdash. Of course, it has to be nice and beautiful. And and so therefore, he would certainly agree that this basket could not be used. Okay, now we're going to look at the Brayta we just saw. In the read of the Brayta, it said you put the Mincha in a Klisharet, and you sanctify it in a Klisharet. So, it sounds like a Klisharet is not Mekadish automatically. You have to have Dat, which is a Machloket in Menachot. So, don't read it as two actions, that you put in a cliche and then you're Makadish it separately. You put it in for purposes of being Makadish. It's Makadish automatically once you put it in. You put the oil in frankincense, in the classic part of the Menachot in the beginning of Ayikra. 
Molichai to Kohen, and you bring it to the Kohen, Dechtiv Eviyal Bnei Aaron. So you bring that's following straight through the parsha of Menachot. Kohen Molichai to Mizbeach, the Kohen brings to the Mizbeach, Dechtiv Yishalam Mizbeach. So again, that's you bring it to the Kohen, he brings to the Mizbeach. That's all laid out in parsha of the Mincha at the second chapter of Ayikra. Now the Kohen Magishav Karen Dromit Maravit. That it doesn't say explicitly in the Torah. You bring it to the southwest corner, right at the corner, and that's enough. Menal, and how do we know? In the Torah Mincha, which is in Parshat Tzav, means has to be facing the door of the Ulam. means it has to be facing the, the front of the Mizbeach, as it were, the side of the Kabesh. Since it's Lifnei Hashem, it has to be on the west side, has to face the Mizbeach, which is the south side. I might think it's the south side. So how do I reconcile these? So I put it both by being on the west side and by being on the south side. I put it at the corner and that's enough. That's Tanakama. And that's Abraita. I might think you put it on the west or the south side of the corner. Amarta, so we say as follows. Here's a principle. Anytime you find two psukim. One, you, if you follow it directly, you will fulfill it, and you will not contradict another pasuk. The other one, if you follow it, you by definition cancel out another pasuk or ignore it. Clearly, you accept, you read as the the normative directive, uh, the one that is that if you do it, you fulfill it, and you don't cancel out the other one, as opposed to the one where if you fulfill it, you cancel out another one. When you read the Hashem, that's on the west side. There's no way to do that and be on the south side. But when you read doing it on the south side. You can also be on the west side. How's that? When you go to the south side of the corner. How do you fulfill them both? The answer is There's a machloket that appears in all sorts of places in Yoma and in Kodshim about whether the Mizbeach was exactly in the middle facing the Ulam so that uh, the middle of the Mizbeach was facing the middle of the Ulam or if the entire Mizbeach was to the north so that when you were walking up the Kevesh you were facing the door. Rabbi holds the second position and therefore if you put it on the south side of the southwest corner, you are both Lifnei Hashem, because you're right there in front of the door, and you're also Pnei All right, my Vidayo, how come the end of that statement was, you put it there and that's enough? Rashi Yitzhak. I might think you have to put the whole mincha on the Mizbeach. So therefore it teaches you just have to put the comets up there. So why not? It says you bring it to the Kohen, and he brings it to the Mizbeach. I'm sorry. You might think you have to put the mincha itself on the Mizbeach, not in the Kli. So that's why we have the Hekesh between bring it to the Kohen and bring it to the Mizbeach. Just like bringing it to the Kohen, is in the Kli. Therefore, you bring it to the Mizbeach, Bikli.
Now, what do you do? After you've touched it to the corner of the Mizbeach, you push the Levona to one side. Why? So that you don't collect any Levona with the Kometz. We have a Mishnah in Menachot. Kamatz, if you do the Kometz, and you have a little rock, or a little piece of salt, or even a little bit of Levona, Pasul. The Kometz has to be purely grain, and therefore Levona has to be pushed to the side. You have to do the comments from the place where there's the most uh, oil. In describing the comments, it says you take from the from the uh, fine flour and the oil, and from the flour and the oil. So constant, there's a constant emphasis on from the oil. So now you put it in another klisharet. So Lamali, what do you need that for? You were Makadish already once. Why do you have to Makadish it in the second kli? The answer is Midid Haviyad Dam. Well, why is not clear, but we have a model for that. Think about Dam. Dam of Agav the Kaddish Te Sakin Behema. When the guy was Shochet, coin or non coin, was Shochet the Korban. He was already Makadesh the Dam with Shechita, with the Kli of the Sakin. Hadam Makadesh the Klisharit. He's Makadesh again when it does Kabbalah Sadam in the Kli. Same thing here, when you put the Mincha into the Klisharit Makadeshit, and then when you put the Kometz in the second Klisharit that's going to go up on the Mizbeach, Makadeshit again. So you then take the frankincense and put it on top of the Kometz. So the text explicitly says that. And then you put it up on the Mizbeach and burn it in a Klisharit. You don't put it in a klisharet. You pour it out on the on the on the fire. Switch the words around. You put it up in a klisharet to burn it, meaning you dump it out. You salt it and put it on the fire. Need to be salted. Once the kometz has been brought, and the rest is eaten by the kohanim. And what does it say after? Everything left over is eaten by Aaron and his sons. When is that? When do we say the kometz has been brought so that you can now eat the rest? Each one, according to his own opinion, the itmar. At what point in the process does the kometz allow you to eat the rest of the mincha? Once the fire has grabbed a hold of it, when the fire fire has uh, ignited over majority of the of the comets. But so either according to either opinion, at whatever point you've reached comets now being offered, you can now eat the mincha. My time, why? Now this pasuk, as Rashi points out, is not in the parsha of Menachot, but it's in the parsha of Matnot Kuna in Parshat Korach. But all Matnot Kuna are lemoshcha, meaning ligdula. It's for greatness. It's for it's for nobility. and kings, when they eat something, they don't eat a plain uh, flour. They put tasty things on it to make it taste good. But the brightest said that the only prohibition is to make this into Chametz. That you're not allowed to do. What's the source for that? Now, the read of the Pasuk is, It should not be Part of it goes onto the Mizbeach. But we're reading it midrashically by parsing it differently. Even a part of them can't be Chametz, meaning even the Kometz. 
Uh, sorry, even the Shirayim can't be Chometz. Certainly the Chometz. Now, so we said back in our Mishnah that all of the Menachot have Shem and Uluvona, and ours doesn't. And I said that's a little inexact, as we'll see. Is it true? If a person sins, and let's say it's one of those sins that has the scale of Korbanot, of, uh, where if you're wealthy, if you're not so wealthy, the poorest Korban is a Minchat Chote. You don't put Shem in all of because it's a Minchat Chote. So it's not true that all of the menachot have that. All of the menachot have shemen, have frankincense, are wheat, and come with fine flour. However, which is an exception, even though it doesn't have oil and frankincense, but does come from, from fine flour, which is wheat. Minchat Omer, which is mentioned in the Mishnah, which is barley, it does come with oil and frankincense, uva keras, it fine, comes from very fine flour. But Minchat Sota has none of those. In other words, the typical Mincha is going to have all of them. Shemen, Levona, Chitin, and, and Solet, fine flour. The sum of the korbanot will be missing some of that, like the omer will be barley, and minchat chote won't have shemun levona. But sota is the one who has none of those. No oil, no frankincense, coarse barley flour. Now, Tanya Amr Bishimon, B'din ushtay minchat chote tuna shemun levona. Really, a minchat chote should need oil and frankincense. Why should I chote niskar? We don't want you to gain by being a sinner. So I did a sin, I get off cheap. We don't want his carbon to look pretty. Same thing if you, let's say, Machal Shabbos, you have to bring a carbon chatat or yit chelev. Really, it should need nesachim like another, uh, like another offering, like an ola. It should have nesachim, the libation and the mincha and the, and the manachot. Again, we don't want you to gain by being a sinner. Same thing, we don't want the korban of a sinner to be adorned. But a metzora's chatat va'ashamo tu'unin nesachim. They do require nesachim. Why? She'en ba'inochit. They don't come for a sin. When a metzora is done with this process, it brings an asham and a chatat, they have the nesachim. Any, is it true they don't come for sin? V'amra rishmua ba'nachmani amra b'yonatan. Ashiva dvayim negayim. The famous sugya narachin, the gaim comes because seven things, because of haughtiness and lashon etc. So the answer is hataminiga hu de It's the it's the tzarat itself that's the kapara. That is the kapara for the lashon hara, whatever you might have done. Kimaiti korban l'shtrebe kodshim u'dekamaiti. Why do you bring the korban? That's to allow you to eat kodshim because you're mechusa kipurim. So alamiyata chatat nazer teitun nesachim. If that's the case, that every chatat it's not really for a sin should need nesachim, then the chatat of a nazer should need nesachim, and it doesn't. She'ena balachet. So the answer is savalak rabbi lazar kapar rabbi shimon, who is the author of this system. As we saw here, the Brita must hold like Rabbi Lazar Kapar, Damar Nazir Namichotehu. We saw in both Nadarim and Nazir that a Nazir himself is considered a Chotem, Yashar Chatala Nafesh, and uh, because if you are abstained from things that Akadosh Baruch Hu allowed to you, that's a sin, etc. And therefore, a, a Chatat of a Nazir really, to some extent, is uh, the a sin offering, and therefore it doesn't have Nasachim. Alright, in the end of our Mishnah, just like she did animalistic behavior, so her korban is animal food. Tanya, we have a ex- uh, slight expansion. Sofrim hanichuli v'dosheno kamin chomer. 
Give me a minute and I'll darshan it like a little jewel. The Shaman of Meir to come, I heard Reb Meir teach as follows. Um, that um, that she fed him fancy food, therefore, and we saw this in the Midah, Kenegad Midah, she fed him fancy food, therefore her food is animal food. So So that only works if she's a wealthy woman who gave the guy fancy food. She's a poor sota who gave the guy a simple bowl of lentil soup or something. So Ella, so we have to rather have an explanation for why her korban is a sorim for every sota. Just like her actions are actions of an animal, similarly her Corbin is animal food. Okay, with this we uh, conclude today's podcast. We'll pick up at Mishnah Bet, Andaf Tetvav Amud Bet in the next podcast. Everybody should have a wonderful day.